accountants and CEOs are missing. It's as if all the harmful people on Earth are disappearing. Lead a revolt against the politicians, the corruption, and the injustices that we all know. Happy Halloween, everyone, or should I say Halloween, and happy birthday to me, your favorite spooky Scorpio. As is tradition on Halloween, we are coming to you with an All Hallows Eve collab with the best and brightest horror podcasters in town, Ash and John from the Horror Vanguard. And we're here to review a cult classic, Neil Breen's Pass Through. Uh, my partner Jacob and Ash are both big Neil Breen heads, and John and I were just taken along for the ride. If you haven't heard of Neil Breen, he's been compared to Tommy Wiseau of The Room. But honestly, Breen is a cut above when it comes to low-budget, self-produced, and self-acted films. Uh, and this one gives us a lot to talk about because it actually comes really close to having revolutionary politics. So close, honestly, but alas, uh, you, you'll you see. <laughs> uh, there will be spoilers, so if you would like to come on this ride with us, you could either join us regardless, or you can go check out Pass Through. You will be deeply entertained, if nothing else. Before we get started, I want to thank our new patron supporters, Alexander and Anna. We appreciate you so much. Please head over to patreon.com slash veganvanguard to become a sustaining member and join our Total Liberation Discord server, where we hold bi-monthly community political chats, which are always a blast and are usually really uplifting, even when we're talking about some pretty heavy political topics. So join us over there. And without further ado, let's get breened. We make a fortune at our insurance companies, overcharging customers and hospitals. Isn't that corrupt? Isn't that immoral? Isn't that corrupt? Isn't that cheating the public? Isn't that corrupt? Isn't that betraying the public's trust? Isn't that corrupt? Isn't that cheating the public? Isn't that corrupt? Isn't that betraying the public's trust? Welcome everyone. I am excited to be here with the incredible Ash and John from the Horror Vanguard. If you are not subscribed to the Horror Vanguard, please do. It is absolutely incredible. Uh, I was actually just telling Ash that I thoroughly enjoyed the Saw retrospective <laughs> series that you just did as someone who uh, saw too many of those videos, actually, uh, to be honest. Um, so I'll let you both introduce yourself, but we're also here with Jacob, who is my partner who has been on the podcast before. Hey, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, we're here to discuss Neil Breen, uh, a Neil Breen uh, classic. So uh, Ash, John, would you like to introduce yourselves before we dive into things? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll go. I'll, I'll go first. Why not? Um, wow. normally, I normally I make Ash go first. <laughs> so uh, let's switch it up. Uh, my name is John. I am a uh, Marxist, uh, a writer, and an academic from the north of England. And I am the co-host of the spookiest podcast on the left, which is Horror Vanguard, uh, which is co-hosted and produced by uh, the best goddamn film critic I know and my very good friend, uh, Ash, who can tell you more about himself in the show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was that, that's that's pretty much the gist of it. Uh, I'm one half of Horror Vanguard. You can find me on Twitter at Derovania, and uh, yeah, let's let's not talk about me. Let's talk about the man of the hour, Neil Breen, the tour <laughs> of our time, definitely, truly, tr the the genius. I, I think so, the Hitchcock of our time. Yeah, yes, uh, Neil Breen. So for anyone who is not uh, aware of who Neil Breen is, as I was not aware until uh, my partner introduced me to Neil Breen. And I think I saw you, Ash, posting on your Instagram stories about how much you love Neil Breen. And I was like, hey, <laughs> this needs to happen. We need to have a Halloween episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, maybe uh, Jacob, Ash, do you want to talk a bit about, you know, who is Neil Breen? What, what is his brand? Why does he have such a cult following? I guess the spark notes on Neil Breen is that he's maybe a real estate agent from Nevada who is also <laughs> an independent filmmaker who has like, his movies are like, they're, they're bordering on like emerging into this world ex nihilo. They're, they're like so disconnected from like 
cinema conceptually. Mm-hmm. It just it, like I, like for me like that's the big draw. Like his his movies are like because a lot of guys and I say guys intentionally here who have like some extra money to throw around. They're like independently wealthy or whatever. They'll make like a vanity movie where they star as like an action hero cop who has to go bust some drug dealers and save some suspiciously young woman who is now his girlfriend. But all, all of Neil Breen's movies are like, they're way, way more out there than that. And he also positions himself like as a, in pretty much all his films. I, I haven't, I probably haven't seen as many as, as you guys have, but I've seen three of them and he, he doesn't have a cop fantasy that like he understands that that's like too, you know, it's too base for him. Like he, he's above that and he, <laughs> and he positions himself as like a, a savior of humanity in, in all his roles. Yeah. He doesn't have a cop no. fantasy. He has like a Christ mm-hmm. complex or something. And it really comes across and pass through the Christ complex. Which we're going to be getting into. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> this was the first Neil Breen film that I have seen. It was a ride. Um, I guess when I was introduced to these films, I think, Jacob, you know, the comparison is with um, The Room and uh, mm-hmm. what's his name? With Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau. They're often like brought up in the same, you know, conversations. Um, I in like the, I, I and I hesitate to use this term, and I I'm, I've come to reject it, but like the so bad it's good genre, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but like looking back on these films, I now consider the room to be quite entry level material. You know, <laughs> Neil Green is really where you want to be when you're. This is this is like you have to be a bad movie sommelier to reach the Neil Green level. <laughs> yeah. But my, my, my big my big distinction between like stuff like The Room um, and a couple other movies like that and Breen is that like The Room is a failed movie, mm-hmm. right? Like Tommy Wiseau wanted to create like a, a serious drama and then it failed. So they rebranded it as like this dark comedy and it got midnight movie popularity and now it's just The Room. Mm-hmm. Every Neil Breen movie is exactly what Neil Breen wanted it to be with zero compromise. <laughs> yeah. Like these movies are, are successes based on the metrics he sets mm-hmm. forth. And that, like, I think that allows them to, like, transcend into into this super bizarre dimension of cinema. Mm-hmm. And on that note, when I saw... Have, have either of you seen a Breen film in theaters? No, okay. no, but that would be amazing. So I did. I saw it pass through in theaters when it was screening here. Oh, lucky. And before the, the film began, it started with, like, a foreword from Breen himself, who in like an interview style where he introduced the film and he explicitly stated that this is not that if you shouldn't be laughing when you see the movie Mm -hmm. and that it's a serious it's intended to be a serious film and he expressed frustration i think with like the fact that he, he he you know he feels that his films are being misinterpreted well Okay, I like I have a question later. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I actually want to I want to ask people how self-aware they actually think Neil Breen is because I think he's probably more self-aware. Even this I feel like might be like a self-aware opening. Um anyway, uh but I guess yeah, for people who haven't seen the films, like they're very very low budget. <laughs> Um, well, he discovered the use of drones in this one, which really brought up the. the it's, it's yeah, yeah. I, I was about to say, Neil Neil bought himself a drone, and he put that. He slapped the cheapest fisheye lens he could find on there, <laughs> and god damn it, we are going to show that work in this. <laughs> yeah, so they're you know they're low budget. They're written, produced, directed everything by Neil Breen, and he stars in all of them. Um, so. I guess let's get into what happens in this particular film with one of Ash's very famous precis. <laughs> I made this one extra normal considering the movie that we're about Excellent. to watch. The creation of any new thing comes with its share of pain. As the new is cleft from the old in an act of cellular mitosis, scars are left behind. The beauty of the Appalachian Mountains is in part defined by their 480 million year long endurance. Those hills were here long before the Anthropocene, and they will be here long after. We share the strength of mountains, if only ever on a human scale. 
As the life of the Appalachian Mountains reaches forward into a deep geological time, so too do the echoes of our actions. The work we do today defines the labor of generations that will come long after our death. This work is the strain of the old world dying. These are the birthing pains of better things to come. Neil Breen's pass-through represents the dire omen of Frankensteinian birth. We have awoken something new within our world, and we must claim responsibility of its parenting or face the consequences of our inaction. Ursula K. Le Guin famously remarked, We live in capitalism. Its power seems inescapable, but then so did the divine right of kings. Any human power can be resisted and changed by human beings. However, few go on to complete Le Guin's statement, which concludes, Resistance and change often begin with art. Very often our art, the art of words. A movie is an orchestration of words. The very seeds of a film is planted as pen on page in the creation of the script. Neil Breen's pass-through is the site of tremendous political struggle. This film is cut from the same political cloth as every contemporary conflict, from the Battle of Blair Mountain to Black Lives Matter. Breen's pass-through wrestles with Rosa Luxemburg's famous challenge, socialism or barbarism. Pass-through struggles with this question because it sets out unprepared. The words that should begin resistance and change instead begin confusion and reinscription to the very systems that sought to change. Pass-through is a vision for the future that has no past. This movie is a wounded sense of collective history. AI knows something is wrong, but even as an omnipotent being from 1,000 years in our future, he only knows reactionary frustration. In the world of pass-through, it seems that capitalist realism has won. To be responsible for our future is to be responsible to our past. There are no heroes save for the workers on the picket line. There is no AI coming to our rescue. We only have each other, our memory, and our work. Join us as we discuss Neil Breen's pass-through. Wow. <laughs> Truly worthy of Breen. <laughs> uh, extra normal. Just, just, I, extra honest, normal, yeah. yeah, just honestly, maybe, maybe too normal for this. <laughs> Thank you, Ash. That was incredible. Um, so I, I guess before we dive into the themes, we might want to, I guess, try to recap what happened in this film. Yeah. Um, you know, there was something about a tiger. Something about a tiger. And a red dot. <laughs> a red dot. Vlad the tiger? <laughs> Vlad, yeah, Vlad the tiger. Shout out to Vlad. <laughs> Didn't know the tiger had a name. Those yeah. <laughs> But honestly, for a good, you know, half an hour of the film, there really is no discernible plot. There's a bunch of little, you know, vignettes happening and you're trying to piece together who's who and what's what and what's going on. Um, but I guess the long story short is that Neil Breen is a AI <laughs> from uh, a super intelligent <laughs> AI from another planet. From the, the, also oh, and the, the future. future. The future and another planet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep. Or another both, dimension. Both of those, yep. I think it might be the future and another dimension and another planet. Right. Some... He, he could also be an AI from another planet and another dimension in the future who is also an angel or maybe God himself. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we're really we're really getting the whole, all, all ingredients in the stew. This is like a stone soup kind of right. movie. But the film begins with a group of what we learned our, or who we learn are refugees coming across the American border, uh, driven by drug runners of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> it's not entirely clear. Um, and then you see Neil Breen. We're out in the desert uh, by the mountains, as Ash described. And Neil Breen does a bunch of drugs in the desert, lays down, raises out of his body... And then proceeds to, I guess, walk up into the hills. He finds some pictographs, some indigenous pictographs, and mm. uh, this tiger. <laughs> and he starts, he just starts like waxing. I The quotes that he starts talking about, I think they're just so funny. I've actually written some down that I'm going to read later, but... Basically just all about how humanity has lost its way and that it needs to be saved and there needs to be, you know, some kind of reckoning... And then, jeez, uh, what, what else even happens? <laughs> There's a subplot with these kids, too, who seem to be amateur 
um oh like yeah oh right amateur astronomers or oh, right. xeno xeno biologists or something like that or a mix of both or yeah and the professor and the, the, there's this old professor that mm-hmm. they push around in a wheelchair yeah. um who, who's like their their the, mentor the dying of, of some yeah. kind um it, it seems like they're trying to find proof of alien life or something mm-hmm. uh, which has led them to breen or, yeah and then there's two women who escape uh, the drug runners, right. and they're in. They're one of them is supposed to be the aunt of the other, even though they're they seem to be the same age. That can happen. It can happen. <laughs> <laughs> My aunt's very close to me in age. Yeah. Um, and they run into Neil Breen, and uh, uh, yeah, I guess he befriends them. Um, and he tells them that he's come from another planet to cleanse the earth. He's going to kill 300 million people who are all very bad people. And then, you know, humanity can, can rise again. There's actually a lot of talk of revolution. He wants people to be revolting against corruption and things like that. Uh, and so basically the rest of the film is his, him carrying this out and then just doing this really big monologue about why he carried it out, uh, on public TV. Yeah, and then after that, it introduces a new character very late in the film who lives in a cave and, like, can create shadows or something. And I, yeah. I have no idea what's going on with that part of the film. Oh, yes, who who also gets magically cured of their PTSD. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. They have PTSD, which is why they're living in the, the in a cave in the, in the cave. desert. In and the then cave. Green yep. cures them of yep. their PTSD. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they can mm-hmm. rejoin society or something. Yeah. And then the film ends with him taking one of the women uh, back to his planet, walking towards, I guess, his spaceship amidst the sea of 300 million people who have been slaughtered. <laughs> yeah. It's just like really, tr- this really triumphant music playing, and he's, he's, mm-hmm. tr- he's, he's walking through a path of uh, a sea of corpses. And, and it, it's reminiscent of, you know, Moses parting the waves, except the waves are corpses <laughs> and he's walking into the northern lights yes yeah the northern mm-hmm. lights yeah. yep mm-hmm. um yeah intense intensely normal intensely just normal. a real just so just such a normal film mm. it's so regular um it's not at all one of the weirdest things i've ever seen <laughs> yeah. um so on that note i guess uh what what are people's overall thoughts on the film <laughs> Uh, I know, John, I don't think you've seen any other Neil Breen films, have you? Oh, really? Was this your first introduction? Uh, th- this was my first introduction to Neil Breen. And Welcome. Uh, you can't just see uh, one. Uh, oh. You can't. <laughs> oh, okay, oh, boy. There is, there is, there is a, lot, a lot going on here. Um, there's lots about this which is really interesting, but I think ultimately uh, a lot of it's going to boil down to how kind of serious you take Breen to be. And how kind of like straightforwardly you read everything. Um, however, I, I think there's lots about this film which is super interesting from a leftist point of view. But I also think there's a lot about this which is wildly reactionary. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and you know, this, it starts with him going on a drug trip in the desert, and it's like it, he's a Joe Rogan guy. Mm-hmm. That, that's how I think of the, this this character of Neil Breen. He's he's a Joe Rogan guy, and this is a film about his ayahuasca trip. Uh, where he where he conceptualizes himself as an AI from the future that can literally solve <laughs> all of our problems if only we would do do just just do a tiny genocide, yeah. guys. Just, <laughs> just it's a cleanse, just John. Do, it's a cleanse. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's it's like it's like a juice cleanse, but you scale it up <laughs> to it, to be to be like to be like vanishing CEOs. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, on- honestly, honestly, I uh, my, you know my my very straightforward thought is I'm completely torn. Um, that there's so much that's kind of weird and very interesting and kind of like good to chew on from a leftist point of view, and there's also loads in this which is just like the wildest, <laughs> the wildest uh, reactionary kind of like uh, vision of the future, which sounds utterly terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have pretty much the same reaction. I mean, I wasn't, I went into it obviously not taking it very seriously because I was expecting something akin to the room. Um, 
But yeah, just the whole time I was, you know, I obviously confused and uh, as well picking up on all these reactionary things. But then I would be ever so, you know, every once in a while, I would just be completely delighted to to hear something come up. And I'd be like, wow, that's so wild that he's saying that, you know, or that's so funny um, that that's in there. And, and there are, yeah, there's so many, so many like leftist implications of, of the film. But um, yeah. Yeah. So like... Um... So uh, what, what Jacob, what you mentioned earlier, that Neil Breen, like, uh, he takes his own movies very seriously, right? Like, um, if you want to screen a Neil Breen movie at a theater, you cannot, like, he will not give you the rights to screen it if you're going to do, like, a midnight movie kind of thing with his film. You have to show this at, like, a responsible adult hour for seeing a film. Because this is, he, he's either he's either so far into a bit that it's 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 like blurred the line right like it's it's no longer you know the bit of neil breen or he's dead serious so i like i i watched it this time like stone serious at least insofar as one can with a film about an angelic artificial intelligence from another future dimension planet who uses heroin to have out-of-body experiences to talk with a cg tiger mm-hmm. like very very hard to buy in but but like i i think like it's, it's exactly what john said is, is how i kind of perceive this movie there's some stuff in here where i'm like oh fuck yeah this is great mm-hmm. and then there are other scenes where it's just like it, it makes me it makes me wonder like because because like the joe rogan guy is a type of guy right this kind of like lumpen mm-hmm. proletariat dude who's kind of smart but hasn't like put together the whole like class struggle thing yet and like neil breen 100 percent fits into that mold yeah i i mean we're probably going to get into this more later but like you know he it, it feels like he's so close he's like you're just missing that class analysis, my dude. It's like the system, <laughs> the system produces the bad people. Don't cause the system. The system creates the bad people. It re- it makes the logic of of greed and exploitation. Greed and exploitation are made logical by the capitalist system, right? So mm-hmm. even if you had your your turbo cleanse of like all the CEOs and the the the, the, the stockbrokers and who else does do they does uh, the, biased media, the biased media the biased media corrupt politicians politicians even if you got rid of all of them magically in like a generation they'd all be back because you wouldn't have changed the system and brian if you're listening to this and you might very well be because i know that you 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 listen to what your fans have to say and i am a fan and i and i hope you never oh, yeah. ever stop making movies um because i'll see all of them and i love them all but my dude, it's the system. <laughs> you can't chalk everything up to bad actors, man. Um, like you're so close, bud. I love you, man. But like, it's it's the system, bro. <laughs> I don't know how to put it. Any other as way. as also a Neil Breen fan, with every single one of Neil Breen's movies and his Neil Breen's film masterclass retrospective on his entire filmography. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to echo those comments. <laughs> One, please never stop making movies. Two, maybe consider reading a little bit of Marx. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Just a maybe. thought. Or even like even like watch a few Richard Wolf introductory videos on YouTube. It's not even a big time <laughs> yeah. investment. Just like ten minutes, you know? It'll it'll sort you out. His video on like on on what is class, this that's the only one. Like you well, you know, you might want to delve deeper than that, but like, you know, as as a foundation. <laughs> So I guess, yeah, even before we get into the themes, because Ash, you were like, well, this could either be a really, you know, deep bit or he's super serious to like, what do you guys think? Do you think that he is somewhat self-aware? Because when I was watching this, there were definitely many points where I, I just felt like, no, like the actors are putting this like, like they're, they're playing this up, you know? And then I just read something on Reddit where um, someone saw the screening live uh, and I guess the actors were actually there and, and one of them was talking about how, mm-hmm. um, they didn't, none of them actually got the script. Like Neil Breen would just say their lines to them off camera and then they would just deliver them as they were going. Uh, and, uh, he would, you know, direct them and whatever. And he said to them that 
you know, people are going to find this funny or whatever. Um, and there, there, there's just certain scenes in there that I felt like this was intentional. Like there's a scene where um, he's out in the desert and they've made this huge kind of like, it's like a, a crop circle, but <laughs> spiraling inwards and mm-hmm. he's, in the, he's in the middle of it. And he's, you know, twirling in a circle because he said that when the when the power acts, it acts in a circle. And there's this beautiful music and it's panning, like the drone is panning over him and it goes away from him <laughs> and it's over. And then it slowly comes back and the music comes back on and mm-hmm. he's still there twirling. And I'm like, that was intentional, man. Like, you know what you're doing That's here. my you know? single favorite scene. I love that scene. Is you think there's going to be a transition. You're like, oh, your brain naturally goes like, this is where a scene transition is going to happen. Cause that's like, and then it just comes right back and he's still spinning. And like, and this is, I, I love that. Uh, go, go, I just go. love it. Yeah. And I think how much time it must've taken to, to make that, mm-hmm. that, the, that uh, spiral with those stones must have taken and, and like i i take neil breen movies like 100 i i don't think he is if he if he's doing uh like a really complicated uh, uh joke where he's just he's just trying to like pull one over on people by making these wacky films i i've been i'm fooled you got me uh because like i i take these movies like seriously when i watch yeah. them and not not and seriously in the sense of like this is this is a filmmaker who is intentionally choosing to do what he's doing uh for some reason and and like as a film critic i'm like okay i want to i want that reason right that's what i'm trying to seek i want to like explicate the text and like that that twirling scene i was like for a brief second i was like my man got systemic analysis he's figured this shit out you know every everything's a circle it all comes back to the root whatever and he's spinning and like and then like it weirdly got me thinking about like um Oh, what, are, what are they called? Uh, John might know the answer to this better than me, but like prayer labyrinths or prayer mazes that are in some of the um, cathedrals in the UK that I've seen. Um, and you could like walk around them in the spiral and like meditate on your prayer and then walk back out. There's a lot of like weird theological stuff going on here. Like I, I love I love Neil Breen because for better or for worse, he's like forcing me to think and stay on my toes for the entire yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I took this entirely uh on its face value like uh the thing that makes breen infinitely more interesting than tommy was is that <laughs> people like tommy was are kind of are now retroactively have placed themselves in on the bit mm-hmm. right which mm-hmm. is why which is why he's like doing the hollywood the disaster artist and all of that and it's like oh this is what you wanted all along right you wanted yeah. the kind of like nudge nudge but like there's something that like so he's so serious and kind of po-faced about this and also, I have nothing but respect for a man who has made multiple feature-length films and refuses to learn how cinema works. <laughs> yeah, like I, I like, and I mean this completely sincerely. Like continuity of movement, forget it. Editing, forget it. D- mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. None, none of that matters. Mm-hmm. And and he he's this kind of like expressionist, um, bricolage filmmaker. He's yeah. just kind of like he's kind of liquefied his own discourse and is just sort of like. Here is the smoothie of what Neil Breen genuinely, sincerely thinks about the world mm-hmm. in, in, in all of its weirdness. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like acid cinema in, in a way. Like this this stuff is incredible. Like I don't for, for, from like like a film like studies, film criticism perspective, I honestly don't care if Neil Breen if, if Neil Breen releases a YouTube video tomorrow where he's like, My name is Todd Gunderson and I've been faking this whole thing, wink. <laughs> I, I won't care. Mm-hmm. Like what he has accomplished here, it represents a, a challenge and a threat to like the perceived conventions of cinema because he either doesn't know them or he doesn't care yeah. about mm-hmm. them. I, I, yeah. On the question of whether he's sincere or he's playing playing 4D chess, I have to agree with you guys. And I think, <laughs> I, I really think that he's not only genuine, but like one of the most genuine human beings yeah. producing films today. And he pours his heart and soul into these movies and it really comes across. And that's, that's how I, that's my take on them. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess oh, yeah. I should clarify. I don't, I, 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 I agree that I think that he is being very sincere and I agree that I think that this is exactly the way that he sees the world. Um, I guess, I guess like playing a bit was the wrong way to put that. Um, I do think I, I just there's some parts that I'm like, I feel like this is intentional. I guess it's Ash, what you said, you know, like I want to understand what these choices, like what the motivation behind <laughs> yes. these choices. Um, but yeah, it just just parts of it I felt where I was like, I feel like 
this is this is more self-aware than it might not be but anyway um anyway moving into the uh the themes that we can pull out of this uh incredible film um so i first thought we could talk about some of the strange kind of quasi indigenous themes that he had and like his environmental themes and themes around humans place within nature so I uh, I took down some of the quotes that he said when, you know, the drone's just panning over him in, in the mountains and it's just him kind of, you know, saying these really, you know, seemingly profound quotes. And it's just all out of context because at that point we have no idea what's going on in the film. So uh, I'll just read these out. I salute the light within your eyes where the whole universe dwells. For when you are at that center within you, am I that place within me, we shall be one. We can judge our progress by the courage of our questions and the depths of our answers, our willingness to embrace what is true rather than what makes us feel good. The one who walks alone is likely to find themselves in places no one has ever been before. (laughs) And then this one is more to do with kind of this, you know, uh, reciprocity kind of idea, but... Uh, humankind has not ruled in the web of life. We are but one thread within it. Whatever we do to that web, we do to ourselves. All things are bound together. All things connect. Uh, uh, Neil Breen has been reading Jason W. Moore, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, uh, hearing those quotes has just made me realize I'm going to make Neil Breen read Hegel. Mm. That's, that, that's, that's what I'm going to do. I am going to... I am not, I, I, it's my mission in life to, to Hegelianize Neil Breen. Because <laughs> uh, I think, I, honestly, I think that would help him. I think that would help. Mm-hmm. Think about what a force or revolutionary power Neil Breen's films could be if, if only he were Hegelian, <laughs> right? Just push him over that slight edge because he's almost there. And then like, oh, think about the potential. Mm-hmm. What a We're so close. What a powerful We're comrade so close. he would be. <laughs> yeah. We're so close. Yeah. But yeah, he, he, I guess takes him. Cause I was like, what, what is this tiger symbol, you know, symbolism yeah. Yeah. that's going on here? Um, My take yeah. on it was, it was just a reflection of him and that he's saying is like, he's saying he has tiger blood basically. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. yeah. I thought it was like a, a sheen, sheen esque mm-hmm. use of, of, of the tiger imagery there. But I don't know. Maybe you guys have different takes. To to uh to paraphrase George Lucas here, uh, Vlad the Tiger is the key to this whole thing. If we figure out Vlad, the movie will make sense. I I like, I think that Tiger, a lot a lot of this movie is surprisingly straightforward. Mm-hmm. Like Neil Breen's cinematography is like unconventional and experimental to say the least. But like a lot of the messaging, um, it's like it's it's weird and it's inconsistent but it's oddly direct despite all of that except for the tiger i have like outside of like maybe like some kind of vague gesture towards like this orientalist tiger as a symbol of Mm -hmm. like power and wisdom and something nature's purity or something like that like the the uncorrupted life Mm -hmm. or something yeah, I guess I guess this is the question, right? So there is this sort of like syncretic um, web of life philosophy that is like being expounded here, and it's like to me, it struck me less as a kind of like sincere appreciation of some of the kind of key intellectual ideas of indigenous thinking and indigenous relationships to ecology, and more like because he he used to live in California, right? And it struck me as like very very kind of like California hippie mm, utopianism. Yeah. Uh, where you're like, mm-hmm. actually, we just need AI to solve our problems. <laughs> yeah. yep. and, 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 and I don't know which one it is here. I don't know which one it is, but I sort of feel like there's this kind of like, uh, te- like pseudo techno utopianism, a kind of grab bag of like uh, sort of broadly construed spirituality mm-hmm. uh, I, and a lot of stuff which is, uh, sounds very deep. But, but when you think about it for like five seconds, you go, hang on, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know. When I was listening to your Pracy Ash, I was just like, these, this would have been way better. Like if this was in the film, you know, like, <laughs> like these, sh- these are the quotes that Neil Breen should have been saying up on the mountain. But, um, uh, Neil, I am available <laughs> to do some work on your next script. Um, I won't even ask for any money. 
I'll just do it out of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need we need a communist Neil Breen, and the closest that we have right now is Ash Darrow <laughs> from the Horror Vanguard. <laughs> That is, that is quite possibly uh, the new title I will lead with and possibly anything that would ever need a title. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're right. It, it just becomes so much more ridiculous when you realize that um, the solution that he has, you know, his idea of how to, I guess, restore humankind into the web of life mm-hmm. is AI from another planet coming down to uh, cleanse the earth of all the bad people. <laughs> yeah. Uh- Neil, stop following Elon Musk and Grimes on Twitter. Yes. That's yeah. all. <laughs> so I, I do have a question for you, Maxi, mm-hmm. um, if you don't mind. So there's like one of the first scenes we got in this movie is like a, a, a costume store gorilla hand drawing the pictographs that will later show up in the desert. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like Neil has this like weird cosmic relationship to the pictographs and i wonder how how do you interpret that in relation to settler colonialism in relation to settler colonialism because that's that's another one of the things in this movie that i like this last watching i just kept thinking about those pictographs for the entire thing Mm. Yeah, I mean, it is really interesting. I mean, I guess I had written down here, like, Neil Breen as white savior and, um, you know, (laughs) Neil Breen. Because also it's, you know, he's coming in, he's kind of appropriating this, you know, indigenous kind of iconography Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, ideas around reciprocity and things like that in order to save refugees, (laughs) uh, largely, and, you know, send them back to their own countries but also encourage them to revolt there um so yeah I I don't know I guess I hadn't quite thought of that but I mean him being this kind of white savior figure connecting himself to these kind of symbols um because there was also that red dot that was in the middle of the Mm -hmm. um hand and uh, it kind of seemed like that was um you know, tied to him being this supernatural, super intelligent being. Um, so, yeah, I guess t- to me, I just read that as just a lot of appropriation. Um, I'm not sure if you had any any, any other takes, but because, um, uh, yeah, it's kind of tying this idea of this this wisdom and the super intelligence to uh, like, like it is kind of indigenous iconography, but then it's this white foreign a uh, person coming down from a whole other country <laughs> <laughs> to then, you know, save, uh, you know, the people and the refugees or whatnot. I don't know. Do you have any other, do you have any other takes? No, not, not really. Like that's pretty legit. That's, that's very, very much what I would say about that. It's just so, it, it kind of like, you know, cause like the tiger is always sitting on top mm. of these petroglyphs yeah. and it's very like, here's like a smattering of symbols that are vaguely colonialist and oriental that all nod towards this like ancient wisdom and power kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. And I think like, uh, again, because there's, there's like a 60, 40 chance Neil Breen is actively listening right now to the pod. (laughs) Um, uh, Mr. Breen, this is taking your movie seriously. Uh, If you wanted your movie taken seriously, that also means kind of harsh criticism. Mm -hmm. So thank you for enjoying the ride. Please continue. (laughs) That's true, right? (laughs) It seems that Breen also preempts, like he's aware of the criticisms that could be made about the the white savior take on the film. and And he preempts that by denouncing political correctness in the film. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and also um uh perpetuating a, a sort of uh a sort of colorblindness approach to yeah yeah, yeah. to racial mm-hmm. issues yeah i mean i will say yeah. that the cast is extremely diverse very diverse um and it was also kind of um kind of like colorblind casting in a sense in that well i mean you know this is not to say that you know, because they show some of like the the bad people. Like there's a scene where, um, <laughs> actually, the probably the best scene in the film yeah. where Neil Breen goes into this mansion wearing a suit, oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> wearing a suit, and talks to all these you know CEOs, uh, Congress people, you know lawyers, insurance mm-hmm. company owners, and whatever, and they're all just 
you know, shooting the shit and talking about how exactly how they're fucking over, you know, everyone. It's like it's like a Bond. It's like a Bond supervillain mixer where they're all like, "I like to grind the poor up into fuel for my car and feed the remains to my to my you know pet dog." And he's just there going, hmm, interesting. You're about to get murdered. Well, every once in a while, he's like, isn't that corrupt? Isn't that immoral? <laughs> I love I love the moment where he leaves and they're all like, who was that guy? <laughs> Not from around here. <laughs> it's like what, one of them was like, oh, was, was that the intern? Yeah. Must have been a, like a new guy. I don't know. My, my, one of my favorite things about that sequence, though, is that like it, it, it seems ridiculous, but that's literally how it oh, works. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You, like like every every like tech billionaire corrupt government dude is is always like how can we maximize human suffering mm-hmm. you know like the the mayor of portland just announced recently that uh they're they're considering a mass outdoor camp for the homeless as a quote unquote solution oh, like vancouver um, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, do you hear yourself? Like these people do not have the ability to lie or hide at all. And I think like that, that sequence weirdly exposes that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And it was spot on. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's exactly what happens. It was just, you know, insurance, insurance companies talking about how they screw over their customers yeah. and people are none yeah. the wiser and, you know, uh, I don't know, stock managers talking about how they manipulate the markets and all of that, mm-hmm. right? Um, but uh, but yeah, so the CEO of a major bank was like a, a quite young, attractive black woman, right? And she's talking about, she's the first one to talk about like how, how much she's screwing over other people, right? Um, and obviously there are, you know, young, attractive CEOs of banks that are black women, but it just, it seemed to me to, to indicate the kind of like, kind of colorblind casting that he was doing where it was like, anyone could be any, anything, uh, anyone could be, you know. Yeah. By uh, displaying the ruling class as multiracial, he mm-hmm. inadvertently, I believe, put forward a class analysis. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, it's maybe my favorite sequence in the yeah. whole film, but it's like. And and really underscores just how close Neil is to getting it because the question is like is not isn't that immoral because really if, when you start moralizing you end up blaming individual right. actors mm-hmm. yeah. right you go hey maybe we just need some better CEOs that we don't need to murder mm-hmm. and it's like no no it's not it's not immoral it's capitalism right we we need to we need to actually be less moralistic about it mm-hmm. you know this idea of like oh, well, if only they would make good choices, then then things would be... F- no, it's like, this is systemic critique, Neil. Mm, right. <laughs> like, um, yeah. But it's so close, so close to actually getting getting what the problem is, but like not understanding what the correct solution to it might mm-hmm. be. Yeah, capitalism facilitates and it, make, it renders logical choices that funnel wealth to the ruling class and immiserate everyone else. So... Yeah, and because of his kind of moralizing, I think that's where all this kind of indigenous, like like this web of life kind of talk come comes about. Mm-hmm. Because um, he's largely kind of blaming humanity and and just saying that this is something that's happened because of the way that humans evolved, basically that humans have evolved to be a lower species and that we are just no, no longer worthy because of our collective choices. Once again, just kind of lumping all like <laughs> hashtag, not all humans. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> only 300 million of them. Are yeah. Bad. Only 300 million. <laughs> um, but yeah, he has this quote that, you know, the humans are delusional in the self-importance that they think they have. They're a mere primitive speck in the multitude of universes. And, uh, it's just, yeah, it's really interesting that, um, just kind of the contempt that he has for humanity, <laughs> um, <laughs> even though he's like largely going off on just these quote unquote bad people. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know if any, anyone else had any thoughts on that or if we could move on to uh, the confused politics around refugee rights. Uh, yeah, we should probably do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Any, any thoughts before I kind of jump in? Oh, yeah. So one of the things that I just find really interesting is, um, you know, we were talking about like, quote unquote, colorblind casting earlier. Mm -hmm. And like um, one of the very interesting things that Neil clearly intentionally has done with this film is that we have like, quote unquote, immigrants who are illegally crossing a border somewhere on Earth to move from 
your country into our country. Uh, these countries are never named throughout the course of the movie. It's always your country and our country. Mm-hmm. Um, the border is also like, it's ambiguous because there, there are there are white people crossing this border, right? Like it is, it is very mm-hmm. not clear. Like it's super ambiguous about where it is while at the same time being like, I'm left wondering, is there a salvageable read of how Neil Neil Green, uh, Neil Breen is depicting the border versus like, is he just doing like an anti-PC culture thing where, where it's just about like individual responsibility to go back home and fix things there, mm-hmm. no matter who you are, where you're from kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just found that really interesting because, yeah, and then obviously all the actors, you know, they all have, you know, like American accents. They all, and, yes. and mm-hmm. there's these scenes where they split up the the women and the men and there's these scenes where they are all talking about why they came and whatnot. And they're all like, I hate the corrupt politicians in my country. They're the worst. <laughs> they, <laughs> they just. The whole time I was like, same, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you come here then, I, I, yeah, it's yeah. like, and and you think this is better? Yeah. <laughs> also, like, what an ear for dialogue. Like, just, just, ah, uh, what mm-hmm. a, what, it's just an incredible, like, that's, just have characters, I want more films where characters just tell me exactly what they feel and think about everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, I just thought that was, it was really interesting, because as you said, yeah, it was extremely ambiguous about, where they were coming from and um you know yeah what country this is what country they were coming Mm -hmm. from i guess i i assumed that they were coming to the u.s but i guess that was not i was probably yeah that was actually not defined as you said um so you know there was that (laughs) um and then there was a part later where he makes all the bad people uh, presumably not all the bad people in their countries disappear um, and he goes back to them to save them from the drug runners who he does make disappear. And then he's, you know, liberating them. But then he's yelling at them, go back to where you came from. And I'm like, eesh, I don't know about that. But then a second later, he's like, he just adds the caveat of like, well, you must go back because you must revolt there. You must start revolutions in your countries against the corrupt politicians and liberate your people. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's new. <laughs> So, so if I, if I had to sum up, if I had to sum up what I think the kind of politics of Neil Breen's character in this in this t- uh, movie are, it's very like it gives very strong like bo- angry boomer Democrat guy mm-hmm. who who makes YouTube videos yelling in his car. Yes. That's 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 what that's what the politics are. So it, the 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 false choice is oh you let you let you know, people come to the country under terror, across the border under terrible violence, or, and they're treated violently when they arrive, mm-hmm. or you send them back so they can improve their own country. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, well, there's another option mm-hmm. here, isn't mm-hmm. there? There's another option here, which we are not entertaining. Right. But it's but it's like the theory of revolution of, of Neil Breen in this film is like, well, if you just tried harder, <laughs> then there would... <laughs> There would be a revolution exactly. because you would be standing up for truth, and it's like hashtag resist. Yes. It's, yeah. it's it's the th- it's the theory of revolution here. Yes. So so there's there's I I, I think I think I'm gonna I'm gonna like go super hard on on these sequences specific because I think this is like for me some of the most like hashtag problematic stuff in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, like all, all, all people on like the, the liberal spectrum of politics, you know, occasionally like to grease the wheels of fascism. Yeah. And there's something very eco-fascist about this, right? Especially with how contemporary fascism is positioning itself as like, uh, oh, you have to go back and solve the climate crisis in your country. We're taking care of our country, uh, like this Mm -hmm. weird new positive spin on the ethno state that contemporary eco-fascism likes to take and neil breen i think accidentally trips directly into that Mm -hmm. with his like because i I can see that line of reasoning i don't agree with it but i can see the like oh well if everybody just improved their homelands we wouldn't have blah 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 Mm -hmm. like i I get how that happens because you just don't know about capitalism's international impact or the history of colonialism right Mm -hmm. like that's Mm -hmm evident but nevertheless like it's it's that stuff in the movie where he's like 
uh, enforcing the border of the United States as a century old angelic AI. This is creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Well, I mean, the whole cleanse itself is eco-fascist in mm-hmm. nature, right? Um, and I think that's what happens yeah. when you have this worldview <laughs> without any class analysis and you're just oh, trying yeah. to go after the bad people or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think that that it was very, very problematic and just very confused because you could see, again, like uh, Jacob said, he's very sincere <laughs> in this film. And you can <laughs> you can feel what he he like. He thinks that this is a good thing. He thinks he thinks that, you know, this is the right thing to do. <laughs> right um but it's just so off so and and that phrasing too the fact that it's like he he keeps talking like like the last line of the movie is is this call to action encouraging people to continue the cleanse yeah and i'm like this is the most like acts this is the closest anyone has ever accidentally got gotten to saying cut down the tall trees at the end of their movie Mm -hmm. and it was just like yeah, that that stuff in this movie is just absolutely fucked. I know, and it's such a shame because there's like, well, I mean, we can get into the anti-capitalist themes um, now, unless mm-hmm. people have more to say about uh, the refugee rights stuff. But um, yeah, as we were saying, like it's so close, right? Um, like, so he takes over this nightly news station because he makes the <laughs> he makes the um, the anchors disappear because <laughs> they. Um, <laughs> were biased and I guess working for corporate media and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he takes it over and he delivers this monologue to everyone on the evening news. On Earth. On, th- on it's Earth. It's supposed to be. Yeah, like yeah, everyone's everyone supposed to be on seeing Earth. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's very InfoWars TV, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Like, like Alex, yes. Alex, jo- Alex Jones watched this movie and was like, hey, this guy's stealing my bit. <laughs> how, how dare he? <laughs> And it's just so confused, his monologue, right? And there's so many parts of it where it's just so close, right? Because he's he's telling people, you know, the time is now. We have to start the revolution. We have to revolt now. He says, violate the laws and the regulations that aren't in the people's interests. Overturn them now. Like, go, you know, <laughs> go do crimes, you know, that <laughs> to, you know, just I, I, and I was like, yes, you know. Um, but then he sprinkles it in with, uh, you know, also end political correctness and also, <laughs> you know, <laughs> get get those darn SJWs out of our comic books. Yeah. Be gay, do crime, execute the CEOs. Yeah. And then like, he also sprinkles sprinkles in this kind of eugenicist kind of thinking where he's like, you know, there are genetic and psychological limits to mm-hmm. the human species. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm sorry, what? So it's on the one hand being like humans are just bad. We're, we've just evolved into these lesser creatures. But also you must revolt. But also we're going to cleanse the ba- also just cleanse the bad people. At, at mm. least he's an equal opportunity eugenicist, though. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, who who are I mean like I think this is one of the puzzles of pass through is who are the people that AI is is eliminating right in his kind of like again it's like that weird neoliberal like word soup thing where it's we're not murdering people anymore we're like eliminating them or something but like so so okay drug drug runners yeah. uh, corrupted politicians CEOs it's it's corrupt CEOs, CEOs right. Uh, the corrupt news it's this weird like smattering stockbrokers stockbrokers mm-hmm. corrupt lawyers mm-hmm. it, it's like this spread of people where like if you're on the right you go oh 100 like that's the democrats that's msnbc mm-hmm. right right that's the cartels if you're on the left or the like i guess the liberal left right that's oh that's that's just literally everything he's saying directly it's empty signifier is what you're saying right yeah yeah mm-hmm, totally yeah, that's actually... I had not even thought of that. Mm-hmm. Anyone can read into it mm-hmm. if they want. Yeah, because I read into it and I was just like, wow, you know, yeah, like all the people that he's saying are bad are agents of capital, people who write laws to facilitate <laughs> capital, yep. um, politicians that, you know, facilitate the market over the people. Um, you know, it, it was just it's all the capitalists, basically. Yeah. And then anyone who's working for corporate media... 
um, and perpetuating capitalist propaganda. But you're completely right that, yeah, anyone else could just read that as, oh, yeah, that's that's CNN. And <laughs> that's all he had news. to do was throw in landlords with the mix. And then it would have been way, <laughs> way more clear. Yeah. <laughs> so, so close. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Breen, I think is, is is or was a real estate agent, right. so maybe mm. that maybe that's a line in the sand for him. Mm. His mm. class position is preventing him from, you know, actualizing yeah. the... from seeing the truth. We're from seeing the truth, man, the truth. Neil, dude. Seek the truth, not but just the, what but makes again, us this feel is good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, to to quote the great Maoist revolutionary Neil Breen. Um, but like this is the problem, right? Of when when you kind of use those those often very empty moral signifiers of like yeah. good people versus bad mm-hmm. people, because you don't really then have to kind of make any sort of like structural adjustment or or kind of mm-hmm. like structural critique yeah. of current systems of exploitation and oppression. So it's like uh, up to a point, it's profoundly unhelpful to be talking about like capitalists are bad people, mm-hmm. and you and you can go okay. Yeah, but that it doesn't take you very far, and instead, yeah. what it allows for is like, uh, not a, not a, a kind of intensification of structural class antagonisms, but it allows for interclass antagonism, mm-hmm. right? When you go, well, you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. That do, that is not that is not a, in any sense a kind of revolutionary statement because revolutionary politics is not about moralism, right? This like Marx's critiques are, are, are kind of so so vicious against utopian socialism precisely on these grounds, which is not that they're wrong. It's that without the kind of understanding of the systemic forces involved, what you have is kind of like secularized theology, where instead of Mm -hmm. actually having the kind of hard struggle of class war of what does it actually take to transform a society from the bottom up, you have instead this kind of like pious, empty posturing where you're you're not, not concerned with the kind of successive you know, humanity or a class, but you're you're concerned with the success of like who are the good people, mm-hmm. and as long as you're in that group, then you're fine and you're virtuous, and you'll you'll one day get your utopian reward. Uh, again, you know, Neil, so close, yeah, so man. close to getting it. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, and and that kind of moralism too also opens the door for like uh, this same logic to get recapitulated into an even yeah. further right political system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because it, it is entirely possible and indeed what has happened in history for fascist dictators to rise to power on the back of, oh, we're going to we're going to fix those. We're going to we're going to establish better conditions for our people. We're going to kick the bad people yeah. out of office. Mm-hmm. The whole drain the swamp thing oh, God, yeah. rides on the back of the same logic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Stop moralizing, Neil. Stop moralizing, Neil. And it's such a shame, yeah, because there's just there were certain lines that I was like, oh hell yeah, mm-hmm. and then yeah, it just evolved. Especially, I mean, the final scene with him, you know, walking through the the parted uh, corpses and calling for further cleanse. I was like, okay, this this took a fascist mm-hmm. turn. Um, so you have written down here AI and liberal eugenicist ideology, also algos, tech, and bias. Uh, anything you want to kind of pull out of that? Uh, yeah, yeah. This is, li- this is what liberal fascism will look like. Mm. Yeah. Ex- uh, everything, all the problems that we've set up, um, you know, this is what liberal fascism will look like. It will look like uh, a gigantic supercomputer assessing vast swathes of the population based on metrics of utility. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those which are not seen as... as as being quote unquote good will be, won't be killed. You know, we won't talk about, we, there won't be the language of violence, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, cause how does this f- film put it? It's about, it's about purging, right? It's about, mm-hmm. it's about, cl- it's about cleaning up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it ties into some really, re- like, like I say, this is liberal fascism. This is, this is Malthusianism. This yep. is about po- eugenicism. Mm-hmm. This is about managing of populations. Um, mm-hmm. Those who are bad will be the ones who are most easily shunted off to one side. And we have, we have the whole history of scientific racism to show us what that mm. looks like. Um, and if there, is, if there is an area of this film where it gets into like outright fascist apology, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's in the willingness to be like, uh, let, let us manage the, 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 psycho- the psychologically and, and physically deficient elements of our population out of existence. Mm. 
And like it, watching this, watching this in 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 the UK at the moment, which is going through a massive spike in COVID cases mm-hmm. uh, under a viciously right wing government that um, basically would like to pretend it doesn't exist uh, because it allows for certain certain vast vast swathes of the country to just sort of be ignored and you know left to left to we can purge ourselves of them. You know, this is the bit where I, where I'm sort of like Neil. Uh, you've you've lost me without without a genuine mm. kind of like systemic critique of what the role and function of technology is. Mm. You know, it's so striking that this is not like an alien. This is not another kind of subjectivity. This is an AI from the yes. future. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, without an understanding of like what is the relationship between humans and technology, and how and and how increasingly are we managed technologically? This gets into some super dark places. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it doesn't. The Neil Breen's pass through has has no grasp on what AI actually is materially in our world. Like it, it's 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 a marketing term, you know. Like artificial intelligence practically doesn't exist. It, it, there there are you know sets of algorithms that are designed to make decisions, but it's not intelligent in the way that you and I are. It, it can't one day decide to unionize with other algorithms mm-hmm. or, you know, decide it's going to, you know, Google's search algos are never going to be like, huh, you know, I'm going to fuck off today and just like get high and read some Dr. Seuss. <laughs> I don't really feel like finding your websites, man. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, and that's what intelligence is. It's, it's this, this kind of like random and chaotic thing. Neil Breen wants like exactly what you're saying, John, this kind of like technocratic, like liberal fascist salvation through this perfected machine who can decide who lives and dies because it's unbiased. But even if we did create AI, it would just be a tool, right? Every search algorithm we make is just a tool and it extends from human biases. You know, at at the launch of COVID, there were a bunch of like automatic hand sanitizer dispensers that were released that couldn't detect hands if they weren't light skinned enough, you had to be a certain amount of like, you know, like light skinned to be detected by these machines. Mm-hmm. Right. We, you know, like you, if you give a hammer to like a, a socialist carpenter, they're going to build houses for the poor. If you give a hammer to a fascist, they're going to build a camp. It's the same with this kind of AI gift that, you know, Neil wants to give to humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe because, um, he like was anthropomorphized as a human. I saw him more as an alien. Like, I I just didn't I didn't mm, I didn't yeah. I didn't even really think about the AI that much because it just didn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair enough. <laughs> like it made more sense that he was this you know intelligent alien who could do this. Um, but yeah, you know what you're saying makes makes so much sense, and I think that's why you know the the kind of color blindness like he he even has a quote in here um after all you humans have been through for hundreds of years for thousands of years you're still classifying each other into groups races and cultures Mm -hmm. you just don't get it you're all human there are no groups classes races and cultures you're all one (laughs) and to me that's just like an (laughs) i don't see color kind of uh yes you said john like a boomer kind of democrat ideology (laughs) um It also screams of uh, class collaborationism, right? Mm-hmm. Another key oh, yeah. tenet of fascism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean that that may be partly why you know the the politics around AI and and, and bias aren't really well developed. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! Well, now Neil, I'm not saying you're a fascist. I'm just saying you got to read a bit more. That's all. Mm-hmm. It's it's important to not accidentally become a fascist. Right, right, <laughs> true. Because I think, like you know, in his heart of hearts, he just he really thinks that if if humans come to know the quote unquote truth that we are all one and that we all must be you know honest and loyal and truthful to one another, that that in itself will create a beautiful world and and we will be mm-hmm. that higher species and we won't be devolving into this corruption and and whatnot, but. Obviously, that's just not really how systems change, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, thank you both for this wonderful conversation. Does anyone have any any closing thoughts on, on the Breeniverse? Uh, this is this has been my first Neil Breen experience. <laughs> uh, it will not be the last. Good. I have no doubt. It won't. Uh, <laughs> And I'm I'm so excited to see just how much weirder things can get. Yeah, I'm pretty excited too. 
Yeah, just wait till you get to the laptop scenes and in fateful oh, findings. The, yeah, the, in the starkest tuna too. Mm-hmm. And um, so the film after uh, pass through <laughs> was Twisted Pear, which was incredible. And maybe we should do this again about that <laughs> film at some point. I, I would love to. Um, I would love but, to. But uh, he's coming out with a sequel, uh, Twisted Triplets, oh. I think, which uh, I'm very much looking forward to. Excellent. Oh, hell yeah. I didn't know there was a title in Twisted Triplets. It's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, oh, on that delightful man. note, I think we will we will end this this wonderful conversation. So thank you all for coming on. Um, thanks, Ash and John, once again. Uh, do you all want to shout out where people can find you and follow the Horror Vanguard? Yeah, uh, yeah. totally. Go on, Ash. Go on. You, 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 can, got you can find us at uh, patreon.com forward slash horror vanguard uh, on Twitter at horror vanguard or hopefully wherever you can get a high quality, definitely haunted, probably actually just a seance disguised as a horror movie review kind of podcast. It is actually the best horror review or just movie review <laughs> podcast. I don't listen to oh, that many movie you. review podcasts, but this one is the best. Um, and I'm actually really excited because I have not listened to your Stalker episode yet, but I'm just dying to listen to that episode. So excited for it. Anyway, yeah. It was a good one. Thanks again. I will put all those links in the description box below. Thanks everyone for listening and we will see you next time. Isn't that corrupt? Isn't that cheating the public? Isn't that corrupt? Isn't that betraying the public's trust? Isn't that corrupt? Isn't that cheating the public? Isn't that corrupt? Isn't that betraying the public's trust? I'm going to eliminate hundreds of millions of the human species. Isn't that corrupt? Isn't that cheating the public? Isn't that corrupt? Isn't that betraying the public's trust? If it can be destroyed by the truth, it deserves to be destroyed by the truth.